Hello again, and welcome to the Tapping Cup. This is our bonus show airing during the World Cup, in which we'll bring you all the latest news, events, and results of the group and knockout stages, and hopefully including a lot of praises being sung for England. As you can guess by hearing my voice before the intro, yet again, I'm still not back in the country, thanks to the delays caused by good old Storm Nicole. However, you've been left again in the very capable hands of Ian. I'm sure he won't say anything inexplicable within the first minute of him speaking at all in this episode. I'm also here in uh, Orlando for the England-USA game, so that should be quite fun. See how they react to that and see how they react to, uh, hopefully, a humbling. I'll be back soon and both our usual episodes and the Tapping Cup will be back on schedule shortly. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to uh, Tapping Cup. This is a special edition of the podcast that we're going to do during the World Cup. Um, sadly, the same as last time, you've got me flying solo again uh, today, just today because uh, Daryl's still sunning himself in Orlando while I'm in freezing my tits off uh, in Leeds. But I thought it, starting this halfway through the World Cup seemed a bit pointless. So um, we're going to look at the days that go by and what's happened. And uh, today's one um, may well be like my missus would tell I fuck, fast and furious. So um, if we start off with the first day, opening game, Qatar... Uh, lost 2-0 to Ecuador. Uh, watched this one thought Ecuador looked a very decent team. Uh, Organised, good pace through the team. Um, they're they're going to cause some better teams in Qatar some problems, I would have thought. Really, really like Calcedo in the middle of the park. Uh, the Brighton player, we've talked about him a few times. He looks a really decent player. Just what Liverpool could do with at the moment. Some energy, um, some fights, some beliefs, some legs, more importantly, in the midfield to get up and down. Uh, I thought Enna Valencia was was excellent as well. Getting his two goals still shows that he can uh, deliver the goods. Uh, always a, an underrated player, I felt personally, when he was at West Ham. But um, decent opening game, considering uh, what it looked like on paper. So moved to the second game, and obviously what's going to dominate the headlines has to be uh, England 6-2, uh, win over Iran. I think a lot of people are getting a bit carried away, as they always do with England. Um, being honest, I never thought it was a 6-2 thought that absolutely flattered to deceive the performance so we played well and we picked up the performance in a lot of areas on the pitch compared to how we were looking pre pre tournament which was looking a bit worrying um Bellingham bossed the midfield I thought and did, a, did an excellent job there partnering with with Rice um that them two uh, in the top two pivot positions um I thought Pickford didn't really have a great deal to do um picked the ball out of the net twice and, and made one good save to be fair to him um, probably the slightly worrying thing for me, particularly when you look at on paper that we won 6-2, Harry Kane didn't have a shot on target. Um, he was a bit anonymous throughout the game. We know that certainly in the Premier League he can be a slow starter, so let's just hope that that's what's going to happen in the tournament. But um, Saka, very good, took his goals well, looked classy in what he did. Um, Sterling, as we've always said, never lets England down. Um, you know, despite his, his his woeful club form, I thought he played really well, uh, and it was also a good sign for the rest of the squad, um, with a couple of players making impact off the bench in terms of the goals from Rashford and Grealish. So um, we can't be uh, unhappy. England, we're used to moaning, but I do think that in some ways that's probably moved the expectations of the team, which could be a bad thing, unfortunately. But decent performance, good start. Um, yeah. Couldn't really ask for more than the 6-2. Goals galore as well. Um, second game of 
the second day uh, was Senegal nil, Netherlands 2. Didn't get a chance uh, to watch this one, but I did watch the highlights. Um, it looked a pretty even game. I know both of Netherlands' goals were towards the end of the game, so it looked pretty even stats-wise and, and not a, a huge deal of chances. Senegal definitely looked like they were missing the cutting edge of Mane out front. It's been a huge loss for them, and he's their star man, so I think that um, will impact their chances of, of, of progressing and how they might do. Um, and nice to see, we'd mentioned him in terms of the most informed player in terms of goal contributions with a goal for Cody Gappo. So um, I think myself, he's a, he's a shoo-in for young to, uh, young player of the tournament is going to go to Gakpo or uh, Bellingham. I can't see it going anywhere else. Um, I, I thought he looked good, uh, probably added a few more to his price tag and um, probably again rubbing it slightly in Leeds' face that they didn't um, try a little bit harder or spend a bit more money to get him from PSV in the summer. But um, he's one like Bellingham that each game that goes by is probably just going to add to his value and um, his list of admirers because I'm sure there's plenty of people um, watching him. One weird little thing that I did uh, see about um, the Netherlands was that um, Boss obviously isn't uh, too uh, scared of switching things up. I saw that their goalkeeper was a guy called Andreas Noppert, uh, if I pronounce that right, of Her- Um He only joined Herenveen uh, this year as the starting keeper. Um, he's been a pro for his whole career before that. In the seven seasons before this season, he's played a combined 31 league games. Um, and he, he's, he's not a young kid, he's 28. So he seems to be someone that was, you know, backup keeper. Maybe he's always been played second fiddle to someone who was, you know, really good at the teams he's been at. Suddenly got his chance and now he's uh, playing for his country in the World Cup. So I thought that was a nice little story just to add in uh, on that game. Uh, final game yesterday was uh, USA 1, Wales 1. Uh, a perfect result for England. Exactly what we needed. Um, draw was always what we wanted. Uh, and that uh, obviously then means that on Friday, when um, England play the USA, if we win, we can go through. So Wales did us a bit of a favour um, there. Decent game for a one all. Um, I thought USA looked far the better team. Um, again, Tyler Adams always impresses for Leeds. Looks like looked uh, good in the middle of the park for them. They looked pretty solid defensively. Wales didn't have a, a load of chances, but you can never really count Wales out of it. That's one of the things they they hang in there. They've got a dogged spirit about them, the team, um, and they usually just try and get a moment of magic from Bale or, or Ramsey, and you know, give someone like Bale um, a penalty in Wales' first. Um, World Cup finals for 64 years. There was not a chance in the world he was missing it, and it was a decent pen as well. Good height, good power, good placement. What you'd expect from a from a really decent player. So um, all round for, for for those days, don't think you could really complain with that for England. Worked out pretty well. Moving on to today's games. So it's been some. Um, I haven't had a chance to watch really any of these, but I've seen a few highlights. So the first one we've got to talk about. Possibly they're saying the biggest shock ever in. Um, group stage history was Argentina losing 2-1 to Saudi Arabia so um, by all accounts Argentina absolutely smashed them could have been 5 or 6 nil up at half time I think they had 2 goals disallowed um, they had 69% possession and 14 goal attempts um, Saudi Arabia only had 3 attempts 2 on target and uh, 2 goals uh, it also ended Argentina's 36 match unbeaten streak Ironically, they only needed one more to to tie the record, which was Italy, who had 37. Um, It's been a while since Argentina have started 
uh, a World Cup so badly. The last time they actually lost their opening game was in 1990. That was to Cameroon. Uh, and they went on to, to uh, reach the final. Uh, and that was when uh, Maradona was that sort of a swan song. Um, but another little uh, stat for you, I thought, was, was Messi becomes only the fifth player to score in four finals. Um, so incredible longevity again uh, from Messi. Uh, and just, I mean, a quick talk about Saudi Arabia. They may have been under the cosh. They may have ridden their luck. But um, first goal, very well taken on the break. Um, n- not an easy chance by any uh, stretch of the imagination. Good finish. Second goal was superb. Lad took it down. The ball went off the screen so high up. And he had an absolutely beautiful touch just to kill the ball. Nice little bit of skill to, to leave two Argentina players dead and then a quality finish into the top corner as well. So it's a goal befitting any uh, to win any match. Um, and uh, I had to say that it's that significant a result that the King of Saudi Arabia announced tomorrow, Wednesday, will be a public holiday due to, to that. So I'm sure there was huge scenes back home in uh, Saudi Arabia and um, absolutely fair play to them. So well done for that. A um, couple of the games in the middle of the day were doesn't really sound like there's much to write home about on these two. Denmark nil, Tunisia nil and Poland nil, Mexico nil. Uh, Lewandowski did miss a penalty for Poland, so um, they would have had the chance to win. And particularly, um, they might have needed that with they're in the group with Argentina, I think. So they could have done with probably winning uh, that and it would have put Argentina in a far worse position. So that was a good result for, for Argentina. Um, and you'd still back them to probably um, you know, qualify, see if Messi can carry him through. But they look very disorganised. Um, current game uh, going on at the moment is uh, France-Australia. So I had a little check-in with that um, as I'm recording. Uh, and it was 0-0 uh, to start with. They haven't been. In fact, Australia have got a goal. So it's 1-0 to Australia to continue the, the underdog theme that there seems to be at the... Uh, um, World Cup so far so um, we'll see how that works out for France but France are a decent team and if, if they want to go on and um, prove that they can win this and uh, they're going to need to show some character and come back from behind which I definitely think they can do um, in terms of top scorers and a quick just chat on that at the moment there's uh, three players I think it was Valencia Saka uh, and uh, Tarimi of uh uh, Iran all on two goals. Uh, I like Tarimi. Seen him play a few games for Porto. Always looks a decent player. Pretty sure he's not going to finish um, in the t- as the top scorer. And I'm pretty sure you're going to need more than two goals to take that title. But um, that's how it stands uh, at the moment. So that's just a quick roundup of everything going on in the World Cup today. And we'll definitely do a more fulsome roundup when we're back as a, a pair and when uh, my uh, sidekick has returned from sunning himself in Orlando. Um, just one small bit of breaking news that I thought it's worth quickly mentioning is um, Ronaldo has had his contract terminated by mutual consent with the scum. So that's a pretty, uh, I'm sure that's what he was angling for. We have talked about this in, in, in previous podcasts, that the timing of it stunk just at the, the midway point through the season. Uh, I'm sure that was his end game and his intentions by doing and saying what he did in the interview. I can't really see how he seriously thought he was going to be able to stay at the club after saying to the manager he doesn't respect him uh, and the club officials don't don't respect him so um, I think it's a move that he's engineered um, it's only recently just happened so what I thought I do would do is I was thinking who, who's going to take a punt on him I can't no one um, sort of really springs to mind so I pulled up not 
by any stretch the best uh, metric to measure these on is is the current betting odds of his next team and the, the recurring theme that we've said about before the only team that potentially looked like they might take him on on a fanciful and and, and sort of um reminiscent sort of uh signing would be sporting lisbon so they're currently the favorites two to one that he joins lisbon uh, Chelsea four to one that he joins them. Um, that's that would possibly be my shout. I have to say I can see that clown Bowley uh, chucking some money at him, and it allows Ronaldo to carry on playing in 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 the Premier League and potentially trying to go for the, the Champions League records that he he wants to. Um, that some of the other bettings in there, you've got any Spanish club four to one. Can't say, don't think think Real will even come out and said even though they've got an injury to Benzema, we won't be taking him back. Eight to one, any uh, Italian club or any German club. You can get nine to one if you think Ronaldo takes a bit of the uh, oil money from Saudi Arabia. There might be a bit more of it around uh, flushing around tonight, uh, given the result in Argentina, uh, and whether he does that and gets a stick one up at uh, Messi in, in doing so uh, is, is nine to one. Uh, and then a couple of long shots. You've got 25 to 1 uh, on him going to Newcastle, which I can't see, and 25 to 1 on him ending up at Atletico Madrid, which I know was rumoured as one point of somewhere in Spain. So um, it's a difficult one. I'm not sure any of those really big teams want him, and I think it depends a lot on Ronaldo. Um, he really only has Lisbon or Chelsea if he wants to stay in in Europe and try and get those, those better leagues. Um, I could see him going to the MLS. If it was, if it was, if he he decides to put down, he doesn't. He's not bothered about the competition. He's not fussed about the records. Then I think it would likely be the MLS. I think that would suit his his persona, his sort of star power. I think he'd like to live in uh, uh, America. You could easily see him playing for one of the LA teams or maybe New York. But um, yeah, Lisbon and Chelsea are the two favourites. And as I say, that's just broken just as I was about to record this. So. Um, short and sweet this week and we'll try and keep these one because they're extra content and they're trying to sum up the the, the World Cup alone we'll keep these just to football so we'll continue with the usual MMA and um, boxing chat on the next full edition of Tapping Up hope you're all well uh, stay tuned enjoying the football on this rather miserable fucking November but uh, it's Tuesday it's nearly down and we look forward to England's next match on Friday so um, speak to you all soon